Hello and welcome to Setting the Skein. I'm Ben. I'm Doug. And I'm Tristan. And Elijah, it's our one year anniversary. Where the heck are you? You know, you know what? You know, guys, yet again, have we come across one of these types of films. One of these t- pieces of media, if I may, where you've got a little kid and an old man. What kind of old man? What, what would you say his name might be, Ben? Uh, I mean, first of all, I just want to point out that you completely ignored my question. So I kind of want to completely ignore yours. What question? You asked a question? Yes, when I asked where the heck Elijah was. Oh, he's not here. Yeah, I got that. Anyway, we watched Logan. Mine was, uh, mine was a transition. Ben. We haven't done anything. It was a transition away from us saying our names. There was nothing to transition from. Yeah. Anyway, Doug, tell me about the movie. We watched Logan. Yeah, we watched Logan. Uh, 2017 film. Uh, released in 2017. Um, starring Hugh Jackman, Daphne Keane, Patrick Stewart, other folks uh, that aren't really that important, and Stephen Merchant. Oh, and Hugh um, Jackman again. And Hugh Jackman once again. Uh, this movie holds an 8.1 out of 10 on IMDb, a 93% on Rotten Tomatoes, a 77% on Metacritic, and 85% on the old Google. Uh, this movie was directed by James Mangold and kind of serves as the... Le- it doesn't kind of serve. It is the last uh, film in the X-Men universe uh, to star Hugh Jackman as Wolverine for now. Um, uh, yeah, this was one of the last uh, X-Men movies to come out before Disney acquired Fox. Um, and I, I say that it's in the X-Men universe, but honestly, it's it's kind of its own thing. It's Very not even kind of in the X-Men universe. It is very much so its own thing, uh, and and I should say that that's that's a lot of the reason why Elijah's not with us today is because he has not seen the other X Men movies and therefore didn't know uh, if he would be fully qualified to speak on this film. Uh, however, uh, if you're listening to this and you've never seen the X Men films uh, and you never seen this, trust me. I mean, you can honestly go into this not having having not seen an X Men film, and you probably will be fine. So I think if you have to narrow it down to just like one that you've seen, I would say X2. I would say either X, you could say, honestly, if you just see one other X-Men movie, you will, you will be fully. Well, I, I think X-Men 2 just gives you the best look at. Logan. It does. It does. I know what you're saying, but. I mean, yeah. I mean you can make the argument for Origins Wolverine, but. Then you have to deal with the worst version of Deadpool ever. Yeah, also true. Yeah. Well, have any? Uh, you've both seen this movie before. Tell me about it. Yes. Yeah. I uh, this this is a movie that came out my senior year of high school, and it was one of two movies that I saw my senior year of high school opening night. Um, because my friends and I all got to school, we were like, "This movie comes out tonight. Let's leave school and let's go and watch it." I mean after school was the other one. huh and what was the other one do you remember what the other one is greatest showman no greatest showman came out at, when i was in college um 
No, the other one was the 2017 Power Rangers movie. Ah, yes. Forgot about that one. <laughs> Forget that movie. Good. Forget. <laughs> uh, I saw it with a large group when it came out in theaters. Um, yeah, nothing special. It was just a big group of people. We wanted to go watch it. All right. Uh, yeah. I saw this. I want to say I saw it on HBO. Um, and I remember watching it and people had built it up saying like, you know, I think this greatest superhero movie of all time. And, you know, it's just amazing. You have to watch it. And I watched it and I thought it was fine. Yeah. Um, I did not think it was a bad movie. I still don't think it's a bad movie. Um, but I didn't think it was like, you know, the best thing since sliced bread. Yeah, people, when I tend to hype things up, it just kind of gets you, I don't know. I think this is, I think this is pretty easily like, in terms of just X-Men movies, I think this is really like top two X-Men movies, like easy. I mean, I, I, I don't think that's difficult to attain. No, it's not. I'm just saying like, like, likewise i went into this and a lot of people were saying it was going to be like the greatest superhero movie of all time and i didn't think it would be that and it wasn't um but i mean well for for what it's worth i mean it is a very good x-men movie it's a very good superhero movie i was really excited for this um before it came out i was i was pumped um i remember watching the trailer and I couldn't wait. And I, I didn't really watch X-Men that much growing up. I think I watched a few of them, but I didn't follow it. You know, I didn't really, I wouldn't say I knew what was going on or um, I didn't really follow X-Men until the newer movies came out. The ones that came have come out in the past, you know, six or seven years, I guess. Um, I didn't really watch the 2000s ones a whole lot. Um, so I wasn't up on it back then. And so I am caught up in the X-Men universe and, um, it's not great. Um, I think after they tried to reboot the timeline, the films that came after that were not spectacular. Yeah. I think the ones before the timeline reset were better. <laughs> um, sorry, Macy is right here next to me. She's a uh, big fan of the X-Men films and is signing no in my face. Uh, oh, well. Well, I mean, it. it's, yeah, I, I, I played, so there's a game, you may have heard of it, The Last of Us, it's similar to what this is, old man tries to get little girl to a place, um, and I loved that game, as everyone did, pretty much, when it came out and they played it, and it's similar in, in scope and, and what it makes you feel for the characters, um, so, I mean, coming off that game, this came out a few years after that. Um, I think like four years after that game came out. So, yeah, I was, you know, coming out of that and into into this. And I was, I was like, this sounds like the game that I love so dearly. I want more of that, except with superheroes and like, uh, you know, X-Men. That's great. So. Uh, well, we kind of alluded earlier to this movie loosely fitting into the timeline uh doug do you still have the timeline pulled up 
Uh, I actually, uh, my phone did something weird on me, so I've got to refine the timeline. But I think I, I think I've got the gist of it. Okay, well, let's try and piece this together. Okay, so follow me, dear listeners, if you will, because this is this is a messy timeline. So there have been eleven, I believe, eleven X Men movies to come out. I'm not even going to try and fact check you on that. So that would be X Men. X2, uh, X3, The Last Stand. Um, Then you get X-Men Origins Wolverine. You get X-Men First Class. You get X-Men Days of Future Past. You get X-Men Apocalypse. You get X-Men Dark Phoenix. You get Deadpool. You get Deadpool 2. And you get uh, Logan. You forgot one. I forgot one. I uh, you get uh, New Mutants and the Wolverine, so it's fourteen. Yeah. So it's fourteen movies in total. I stand corrected. I am not updated on the X Men universe. I've not seen the New Mutants. Uh, I have watched all of twenty minutes of it, <clears throat> and that's about what I've heard. <laughs> it's not good. It's not good at all. It's which a movie, is really, right? Which is really t- yeah. It's a movie. It's okay. just. Oh, it's not a good movie. It's not good. The Dark Phoenix is not good either. Um, wasn't it? Yeah. Wasn't it like going to be a thriller? The New Mutants. Am I wrong? Yeah. Yeah. Apparently, it's not very thrilling. This is bad. Um, which sucks because it's got two two of my favorite uh, current working uh, actresses on it: uh, Maisie Williams and Anya Taylor Joy. Um, I will say I am a bit of an X Men Apocalypse defender. I didn't. I I like it. It was great. I like Apocalypse. Apocalypse. I like Apocalypse. I think Apocalypse. I I know a lot of people hated it and didn't like Oscar Isaac as Apocalypse, but I think Oscar Isaac does a good job, and I think the movie itself is good. Yeah, not great. All right, now tell us the timeline. Here's the timeline. So y'all just gotta follow me, okay? So here's the timeline. So the first movie, regardless chronologically, the first movie in every timeline is the same. It is X-Men First Class. Now, from X-Men First Class, we get two branches in the timeline, okay? You get two ways this can go. The first way it can go is you can have the next movie be X-Men Origins Wolverine. And from X-Men Origins Wolverine, you get X-Men. You get X2, you get X3, The Last Stand, and then you get The Wolverine, and you get X-Men Days of Future Past. Now, here's the funny thing, is because if you get, once you get to X-Men Days of Future Past, regardless, you're going to go to the other timeline. So, where where you start with X-Men First Class, and you can either go one of two ways. If you go that first way and start off with X-Men origins wolverine you're going to wind up at the second timeline anyway and this is the second timeline so it goes x-men days of future past it goes x-men apocalypse x-men dark phoenix the new mutants deadpool deadpool 2 x-men days of future past again or actually excuse me excuse me after deadpool 2 it breaks off into two other timelines and one ending is X-Men Days of Future Past. The other ending is Logan. So, yeah, this is a messy timeline. Mm-hmm. Well, it's three messy timelines. 
it's three messy timelines all wrapped up into one. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I think it's interesting that one of the offshoots of Deadpool 2 takes you back to Days of Future Past. Yeah. Because if you well, think about it, the events of Days of Future Past shouldn't have happened because of the events of Days of Future Past. But because of Days of Future Past, Days of Future Past happened. Yeah. <laughs> well, yes. Uh, There's a reset. Logan takes place in that third timeline. Which we get some information about. You get a little bit of this movie, though not a lot. Uh, The main event that we get some information on is what's called the Westchester incident, uh, in which uh, Charles Xavier uh, experiences some kind of seizure uh, that kills six hundred people. Correct. Yeah, basically, basically people and hurts them. uh, Kills several mutants, um, including. Uh, nearly all of the um, surviving X-Men at that time. Yeah, basically he has this seizure and it ultimately just like destroys people's brains. Um, uh, It also has, it also is kind of alluded to in this that they're kind of combining, um, because the Westchester incident does happen in the comics, but I think that they're combining that with, with House of M which is a completely separate storyline, but it's one in which um, there are no more mutants uh, because the fact that uh, Laura X-23 is able to exist is seen as like incredible because mutants aren't supposed to exist in this world after the Westchester incident. So I think that they combined the actual Westchester incident from the comics and the uh house of m uh storyline and then also old man logan and old man logan it's a great big smorgasbord of of uh x-men uh storylines which is really disappointing that they tried to fit the house of m storyline in without um the scarlet witch well i mean like they they literally only just tried to include that one little detail that there are no more mutants but yeah, so so that's so that's where we're at, folks. Um, kind of setting the, uh, I guess, setting the scene, if you will, of yes, where this movie starts because yes, uh, because Charles Xavier was responsible for the death of several people and the uh, injury of six hundred or more. Uh, he's being hunted because he's a danger to society and the public. Well, yeah, I, I'm reading that um, originally they were going to open with the Westchester incident in the movie, yeah. but they opted to not because it was going to show the deaths of several of the X-Men mm-hmm. and they didn't want to, or the director, he said he wanted to spare the other films, air quotes I'm putting, mm-hmm. um, which from his description, it sounds like that would have redefined the movie of Logan if he would have put that in there. And he wanted to keep it to what what it is about Wolverine and his story rather than what happened before. Yeah, I get that. And honestly, I, I, I prefer it not having the actual incident in there. Um, because, I mean, it's something that <clears throat> at the beginning of the film, uh, Charles Xavier doesn't remember it. And it kind of like gets alluded to 
And then uh, he has this moment where he finally remembers and the audience is also kind of learning as uh, Charles Xavier is starting to remember it. So I, personally, I like that. Yeah, and apparently what happened during it is also Wolverine is tricked by Mysterio. That's in the comic, I think, mm. to kill, um, spoilers, but to kill a lot of the X-Men. That's part, I guess, I think that's part of the yeah. Westchester incident. Mm. <clears throat> kind of sounds similar to uh, Injustice in the DC universe. Injustice. Um, yeah, I think, I think another like really good reason to not include Westchester at the start of this movie is because, you know, it's a whole lot harder to get your audience back on the side of a of your hero if they just hear that they did a horrific thing instead of showing them do a horrific thing yeah yeah i would agree with that and also i I just don't feel like it would really fit in with the rest of the movie well yeah it really it really would have kind of just felt like added on Mm -hmm. the director would agree with you (laughs) old james mangold Uh, So I kind of alluded to this earlier, talking about my uh, experience, Um, but there have been several people, um, you know, Doug read the ratings of this movie earlier. This is a well-liked movie, and there are several people out on the interwebs that will say this is the best superhero movie of all time. Personally, I disagree with that. What do you guys think? I also disagree with it. Um, Even when this came out, I... Even when this came out, I thought that it wasn't like the greatest thing ever. Um, uh, but I think another thing is that this is a movie that each time you watch it, look, I'm I'm usually not one to hold a movie's length against it, but when you watch it multiple times and it feels longer each time that you watch it. And you start to see where they could easily cut out things. Mm-hmm. I think that that is enough to mark it as like a problem with the film. Um, and this is a movie that is so, so long and has so, so much unnecessary stuff added to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they um, could have cut out about a half hour. Easy, easy. You could have cut out a half hour. Yeah, um, maybe more, yeah. So I uh, but, wanted to stretch the film to the two seven, like over two hours, because nowadays that's you know pretty common for your movies to run over two hours. Well, I mean, also, I mean, like having a longer movie makes it seem more epic and more important. So, like, I mean, I'm not gonna fault anybody for doing that. I mean, just, I I do kind of fault it just a little bit because it's too long and it's so boring so this is also me speaking candidly i think this film tries way too hard to make the whole thing seem epic uh, yeah why there the film was re-released in black and white yeah <laughs> do you ever watch it in black and white nope. i've watched it in black and white it actually it actually does kind of work a little bit better but it somehow feels longer when it's in I black like and that. white um and that's, that's not a knock against either. black and white films that's just that's just kind of the way it is. So another comparison that I see this movie get a lot is that it feels like a Western, which yeah, I will say I haven't seen many Westerns. Uh, so it, it is a Western. I did. So, 
So uh, there's a scene in this movie uh, where they're in a hotel and they're watching the movie Shane. Um, and that was honestly like a goal of James Mangold's was to kind of make a superhero version of Shane, which is a very similar story about a man trying to um, trying to escape his old life uh, in favor of a more simpler one in favor of a happier ending. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. There's uh, another so- one like uh similar to that called uh true grit old man helps helps little girl is reluctant to do so but does it yeah ends up finding out more about himself i guess and accepting things it's also a western it's not quite the same i'm not like saying it's the same thing i'm just saying it's similar idea i guess yeah because i would argue true grit is kind of well yeah sure i'm other side yeah. of that um i'm just saying that james mangold has like gone on record as saying like as saying like he was actively like trying to imitate shane in this movie okay like that's why shane is is playing in that hotel scene is because it's this film is an homage to that movie yeah um but uh but yeah going into like uh the actual greatest like superhero movies of all time i know that we all kind of have different opinions of what is the best superhero movie of all time ben i know that yours is the dark knight i would also um, um mine honestly f- uh sp- into the spider verse close to the top of that list too yeah mine honestly fluctuates between between into the spider verse and spider-man 2 um and then tristan i actually don't know what yours is i if I may, you know, on a bit of a soapbox. Sure. Um, so first of all, I think you have to ask yourself, what what do you think a superhero movie is? Like, what makes it a superhero movie? Like, this is very different from the Avengers, you know, <clears throat> or any of the Marvel films that make up the MCU. Um, and depending on what that means to you is, is what your... Um, what your opinion is on the movie i think um not not entirely but i think it has something to do with it and how you see like the sacrifice that comes with being a superhero or um what the the word superhero means you know like superpowers i guess um like i i I don't know i guess my my point is is that your opinion can can stem from that and then build off of that based on your own experiences, like someone who's a big Marvel fan and this big MCU fan is going to say, I really like those, you know, that's like where I'm seated, you know, then someone who's a big Deadpool fan is going to probably favor a darker twist on things in general, Uh, you know, maybe something like that, I guess. Um, So I don't, I, I, I am, I don't know if notoriously is the right word, but I not, I'm not a huge fan of superhero things. I think it's, it feels like it's been shoved down my throat for the past 15 years with the MCU. Um, and it's just a, like part of the culture now. Um, and then the, you have DC really trying to amp up their stuff too, you know? And it's like, I'm just, I, there's just so much, there's so much superhero stuff around i'm just like i if you would have asked me two years ago i would have said no i'm done (laughs) i'm done with it i don't want to do it anymore i keep up with 
MCU because I feel like I have to because it's just so much a part of the culture, you know. But <clears throat> now I think I'm in a better spot. And to tell you the truth, I'm looking at my top. I have 33 movies in my top list right now. <laughs> the only I'm doing air quotes superhero movie that's on it is Logan. Um, so I guess Logan is my favorite superhero. Movie. <laughs> it's at number 27. Um, yeah, I, uh, unless you think Galaxy Quest is a superhero movie. I think as much of an argument can be made that Galaxy Quest is a superhero movie as, uh, Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix is a superhero movie. (laughs) Probably, yeah. I mean, does it take great sacrifice of someone with extraordinary talent? Is that what makes a superhero film? I don't know. I think it depends on what you think it is. I guess it also depends on what Wikipedia uh, puts it as as the genre too. So there's that. Yeah, technically speaking, if you want to get like really technical, um, Into the Spire versus the greatest superhero movie of all time, according to Rotten Tomatoes, and then um, right behind that uh, is a bunch of other stuff. But Spider-Man Two, Logan, and Dark Knight are all tied for I think third. Well, the reason I I like this movie is that it feels like it's not afraid to to just get right into it. Like, like it just, there's a, there's a big part, I think, in a lot of movies nowadays where no one ever dies. There's no like risk. It feels like it's just like, oh, okay, I see that happen. What, Devin? Have you watched Invincible? I think. Yeah. I did. I've seen it. It's great. Yeah. Have you watched The Boys? I've, I'm on. I'm. I am watching it. Okay. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, and I'm seeing more of that stuff, which I appreciate. Uh-huh. Um, you know, and I, I'm. I hate to talk about Star Wars again, <laughs> but I mean, Star Wars is one of those movies where, like, I love it, but it's like, okay, there's no risk. Like, even when you think there is a risk. Of something bad happening, there isn't one. Counterpoint: Rogue One. But okay. other than that, completely. Yeah, that's true. And Rogue One is, I think, my favorite Star Wars film. That's up. I here. just, I just want to see some like risk for my characters. You know, even if there's major development in their lives, even if it's happened over like, you know, ten years and 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 eight movies or whatever, or five movies, or whatever. I want to see a character. I want to see them kill kill him. You know. Like if they if they have to die, then they have to die. And I'm not like out for blood. I just want to see like a realistic scenario when you put a, a character into these dangerous situations, something's gotta give eventually, you know. So I'm actually going to argue with you a little bit here. Um right. because I've been in the middle of rewatching the entirety of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and my opinion has actually changed slightly. I think the MCU actually does a really good job. Um, I understand that a lot of times their films have very little stakes, but in terms of development over the entirety of it, I mean, if you just look at Iron Man, um, what he is in Iron Man 1 versus what he is in Endgame, there are so many twists and turns with his development, and I think it's incredibly well done. I'm not going to sit here and say that they do 
um, that kind of development with every single character. They don't. Um, but I think there are good examples of it in the MCU. Yeah, and Iron Man is a good example. Don't get me wrong. Like that, they, I, I like what they did with Iron Man. Mm. Um, and I think they have room for it to happen again with other characters. They're, yeah. they're still making these movies, you know? Mm. Um, I, I, guess, I guess with the MCU in particular, I'm just kind of, it's old. Like, I'm just, I'm just like, oh, God, can we do something new, please? I'm, I, I don't know. Like, maybe that's something else, a symptom of something else. But that's where I'm at with that. To, to talk about MCU, hmm. um, but yeah, that no, they've done things that I think are cool. I I think the new series that's coming out, hmm. um, you know, and we've seen more uh, with uh, WandaVision. We saw a ton of development for mm-hmm. Wanda uh, um, and and Scarlet Witch, and we've never seen that before in hmm. on in live action with the MCU, you know. So um, we saw a little bit of it in uh, Age of Ultron, but anyway. Hmm getting off topic <laughs> i you know r-rated superhero <laughs> films i mean it, I, I think they take they take some risks and sometimes it's good i'm i'm, I'm i can't think of it off the top of my head sometimes it's bad i'm sure i mean uh, sometimes they're not as well yeah, i think or if, if you want to get into population that is going to watch superhero movies because i feel like at the end of the day 70 to 90 percent of the folks who are watching superhero movies are kids i think there are older folks you know like us and older who still watch and enjoy superhero movies but when you're making superhero movies a lot of times you're making them for kids and that means that a lot of times you're not going to take those kinds of chances you're not going to see people's heads chopped off on screen like you're not going to hear about mass genocide that was caused by a character who has a seizure and his powers go crazy. But also to your point, that's why having like this, this library of R rated Mm -hmm. uh, more mature superhero uh, content available for those kids. Once they get older is so important because that's why you need to say some, that's why you need to have something like, um, something like Invincible or uh, or like The Boys um, or even uh, to take things back to a R.A. superhero movie that came out before this movie, Kick-Ass and Kick-Ass 2. And, and those are two uh, R-rated quote-unquote superhero movies in which none of the characters have superpowers, like at all. Uh, and they are very compelling uh, movies that talk about like, what does it actually mean to be a hero? Yeah. Uh, or what does it mean to do this without having those superpowers, without having that invincibility? Because people die in kick ass and kick ass too, like a lot. And people yeah. get beat up a lot. Um, yeah. I, so, I remember. So yeah. I mean, I think. I remember in the first kick ass movie, you've got. Um um or well, kick-ass himself when he when he goes and gets beat up for the first time i think he gets knifed like you feel i felt like he could have died you know i was like dang you know this this is take this is like definitely swinging not holding back you know what i mean mm-hmm. yeah so yeah and i mean i think 
I think I think we've gotten to a place with superheroes and media and in pop culture where um, it's very important to keep this these these kid friendly movies going and these uh, fun for the whole family movies going because because uh, I do think it's important to get kids interested in superheroes when they're young but likewise it's just as important to keep these R-rated more mature uh, films going as well so that when they get older they can they can check them out they can have something that grows along with them yeah. so yeah I definitely agree. Uh, yeah. So it's kind because, of dark more. Oh, God. Sorry, I do want to make this point, and um, and just playing off the fact, you know, we, we mentioned Star Wars earlier. You know, I think that the big thing that Star Wars has suffered from is that everyone who makes Star Wars movies, and honestly, a lot of the fans, like they are ultimately kids' movies, no matter what. They are kids' movies, and that's why something like Rogue One hits different. Yeah, I mean, Lucas uh, Lucas went on record as saying they're kids' movies. Um, and I think that's why something like Rogue One hits so different is because, granted, you knew that in the end they were going to get the plans to the Death Star, and in the end, like, you probably weren't going to see these people again, but it was still exciting to see some people who, like, their lives had some weight to them, like, they could die. And ultimately did. Like, I remember watching Rogue One for the first yeah. time. And uh, I think it was after, uh, spoilers for everyone, um, I think it was after uh, Chirrut died. I was like, are they going to, are they going to kill everyone? And then they did. I'm like, oh, <laughs> I was not expecting that. And like their deaths still hit me. Like, I, I know there's folks out there who say that they didn't connect with the characters in that movie. Personally, I really did. Uh, I think top notch Star Wars. Uh, but anyway, uh, let's kind of shift the conversation a little bit to talk more about Logan, since that's what this podcast is about. Oh, uh, yeah, that's you. right. Sorry about that. <laughs> uh, how do you feel about the acting in this? Because uh, especially in the realm of X-Men films, I think this is definitely the strongest in terms of acting quality, mm-hmm. um, specifically mm-hmm. with Hugh Jackman and Sir Patrick Stewart. I mean, you've got yeah. Hugh Jackman in his prime yeah. um, currently. I mean, he's put out some really great movies and yeah, I, it's no question. He's a good actor. And of course, Patrick Stewart has been in his prime forever. <laughs> um, He'll be in his prime forever. Yeah, so... But the, I mean, I guess the, the big thing to talk about here would be the child actors. Mm-hmm. It's always an interesting question to bring up. Um, I mean, there's a primary one in this film. His daughter. Daphne Kane. Daphne Kane. Nice. Queen. Um uh yeah i mean you're you're absolutely right like to see uh i think this was her first big like role like this was her breakout role uh and to see her go toe-to-toe with with jackman with stewart um i mean she really does hold her own granted she doesn't speak a whole lot um and i was thinking today i was like i would hate to be her vocal coach because she is screaming at the top of her lungs Mm -hmm. um but but to take but to but to go toe to toe with um with Jackman and Stewart and still hold your own without saying much. Like I mean it's it's very compelling and it's very impressive to look at. Uh I think I think she gives a tremendous performance in this movie. And I think she really does make it 
land and brings it home at the end of the film. That, it was so easy for that to feel cheesy. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. I think she does an excellent job capturing the temperament of Logan, especially like young Logan that we see in uh, something like X-Men Origins Wolverine, the first couple X-Men films, like capturing the temperament of that Wolverine. I think she does an incredible job of uh, even without having to speak much. And then like when she finally does start speaking, the names that she's saying, like the, like, you know that those names carry weight. Like it's the name of the other kids that uh, were created to be soldiers with her. Like it just carries such weight and well, very well done. Yeah. She's, she's repeating with emphasis um, just to draw out an emotional response Mm-hmm. It happens uh, a different movie, but it happens in Good Will Hunting too, with uh, Robin Williams' character. He repeats to Will. I mean, it's yeah, it's good. I think she does fine. Um, she's not really been in much. She was in a movie called Anna last year, and then she was in his. his she's in His Dark Materials. Um, that's pretty much it. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think, I think one of the bad things, uh, about this movie in retrospect is that this movie came out right before Disney acquired Fox. Mm-hmm. And so as soon as Disney acquired Fox, it became, cause they were planning on doing a solo X-23 movie. But once Disney acquired Fox, it was like, um, what are we doing? Because yeah. yeah. it was, it's all up in the air. And I still don't think like we know what they're doing uh, with her. I would love to see her in this role again. Because um, I think she brings a lot of really good vulnerability and just realness to the character of X-23 um, or Laura. Uh, but, uh, but yeah. Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. She, um... She takes over as Wolverine, right? Like the mantle. I think that was the idea. That was what they were planning on doing. Mm-hmm. But after Disney bought Fox. Now it's up in the air. Yeah. Because fans have also been very vocal that like they won't accept another Wolverine. Um, which I think there might actually be some truth to that. There might be. But also like. Well, so I think Disney's going to put it off. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I think whenever they do introduce the X-Men to the MCU, they're going to avoid getting Wolverine for a little while. So my, I mean, like, even with the rebooted timeline, they didn't recast Wolverine. Like, because I feel like they knew that they couldn't. <laughs> I mean, they could have yeah. brought Hugh Jackman in, but... Yeah, well, I mean, it's, 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 it's just like if Marvel wanted to recast Iron Man right now. Right. They couldn't. There's there's no way you can. Because for 10 years, it's been one man playing that role and doing a really good job. Hmm. That's, I think you can have someone fill that kind of void without them being Iron Man, you know? Which, yeah. it, from what yeah. I can tell, is the plan moving forward. Is There will be someone in an Iron Man type role uh, within the MCU, whether that be Spider-Man or someone else. 
Um, yeah. So Tristan, you've kind of been talking yeah. about it yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. a little bit. You what? What? Okay. Uh, Tristan, you've kind of been talking about uh, this trope about an old man and a young girl. You want to talk about that a little bit more in detail? Yeah, I was really trying to look it up because I've seen it in other in other movies. Um, I guess at the baseline, you've got an older man, a younger girl go on an adventure. The old man takes like a a mentorship figure to her. And the girl is like either lost or she needs help or she's got to find something. And he's like helping her to do it. And throughout the story, both characters develop. And usually they develop like this father daughter or like parent kid relationship type deal. And usually the old man is like gruff. And then he like finds his heart, you know. And uh, I mentioned The Last of Us earlier. It happens in that. I also mentioned True Grit. kind of happens in that. Um, I, found, uh, <clears throat> I, found, I found several tropes. Um, one is called Changed My Mind, Kid. Um, you, guys, you guys can look it up. I'm sure you've heard of this happen before. I mean, there's also the movie Shane, right, Doug? That, you know, that was in, inspired Logan. Yeah. I think yeah. I, I mean I mean it's it's a fairly common trope. I mean, uh The Last of Us is a great example uh cuz Joel and Ellie have very much this relationship and this dynamic um but uh but yeah. Yeah, so that's that's you know just the character development that happens there I think is is really big We've, if there's any character that's been developed thoroughly, it's been Wolverine, like in live action. Like there's a, there's several Wolverine movies. He's also in the original uh, X Men movies. Um, so he, I mean, Hugh Jackman's been busy as Wolverine. He's in almost all of the, if not all of the X Men movies. He's in all but uh, New Mutants and. Nice. New Mutants. Apocalypse and Dark. Uh, Dark Phoenix. And Apocalypse. No, he's in Apocalypse. In Apocalypse? Oh. Um, yeah, he's in Apocalypse. There's yeah. a very, very uh, direct scene where he's in Apocalypse. Oh, is that the one where they... Um, and then he's not... Off? No, that would be uh, that First one? Class. Okay. Okay, then. Yeah, no, Apocalypse, they find him right after he's had, like, the adamantium, like, grafted onto his skeleton. Oh, um, I don't remember that. Yeah, uh, he's not in Dark Phoenix, he's not in New Mutants, and then the character of Wolverine is not in Deadpool, but Hugh Jackman is mentioned multiple times. Uh-huh. The character's in not in what? Movies. He's not in Deadpool, but he's mentioned several times throughout the two movies. Oh. Because... Say no, Doug. You, you've been breaking up uh, quite a lot, but we're we're hanging in there for you. It's fine. Okay. <laughs> um, but but yeah, I mean the 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 character development I think is big, and 
it's common in all of these different examples. Um, and usually it ends with the, the, the lead, the older character either retiring or some sort of passing the mantle down, whether that's death, whether they leave, whether they just chill out and retire or whatever. Um, <clears throat> and this movie does that too, um, which leads to a, a very sad scene at the end of the movie. Um, where, uh, of course, Wolverine dies. Spoilers. Um, but the adamantium in his body has been poisoning him this whole time. You find out through, through the movie. Mm -hmm. And it, I guess he's probably like 50-something in this movie. He appears to be 50-something. than that, because if you follow X-Men Origins Wolverine, he was born in, what, the late 1700s? Late, uh, mid to late 1800s. Yeah. Oh. Like, um, he, he's been around for a while, but because true. of the healing factor, he's been able to age without aging. If you would like the uh, comics and alluded to version of why he's aging now um, and why he's like dying is because the adamantium after being in his body for a really long time has started to leach like a toxic, uh, a toxin into his blood, which is slowly killing him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's just, I really like the end um pretty much th there, there's a point where he i guess it's when he kind of rests finally and gives in it's when they're driving up to the you know to the outpost to the fire watchtower um and he falls asleep and then laura takes over driving I think that's the point where he's like, I'm, I'm, I literally can't go any further. I have to at least sleep. He wakes up. There are kids there. Um, they, he meets them. He learns what they're trying to do. He sees how realistic it is for them to actually get across the border and get to safety. And then his whole, his whole goal of, you know, initially it was like, I have to get, Charles Xavier to safety because he is precious. So I have to get him on a boat. I'm going to buy a boat and save up money. And we're going to go out on a boat and just be away from all this that's ha happening. And Charles can be away from all of the people that's around and he can just be out in the ocean and not harm anyone if he's going to be dying and having a lot of seizures. Um, well, he dies. Mm -hmm. And then his primary goal is to help the little girl. And at the end of the movie, he's like, I'm not going to make it. I'm dying. He realizes, I think there's a, there's a speech he gives when he tells Laura that he has the bullet. Um, he was thinking about killing himself with it. Um, that's perhaps one of the moments, I think one of the best moments of this movie and where he realizes maybe there's something bigger than me just trying to kill myself and get out of this life that's just suffering. Maybe I can do something with it in my final moments and help these kids. At least I can do that. At least that would be enough. 
And uh, that's what he works towards in the end. And he gives it his all, literally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, I think it's done really well. Uh, it wasn't necessarily something that was like a tearjerker moment for me. Um, but I, I think that his development is handled really well uh, throughout the course of this movie. Something I'm a sucker for is after a solid character development happens in like through a series, in a movie, show, whatever, book, and and the character sacrifices like that, I guess to me that that like what he did, the growth that he found, you know, Wolverine is kind of known for being this like badass character where he doesn't like really care about a whole lot of people. He kind of looks out for himself. He's very much like a loner within the X-Men. Um, <clears throat> he leaves a few times. He's like a bad boy, whatever, all this stuff, you know? And so throughout the, the entirety of how, who we know the Wolverine to be, in his final moments, he's not that. He, he finds something within him, some courage or something, and he says, I'm going to do the right thing for these kids. I'm going to, I'm going to be good. It just, it just feels like all of his learning and development has come to this moment. And he gives his life for it. And like he gives the ultimate sacrifice his life. And that is, I'm a sucker for that, those kinds of stories. When you, when you develop a character that much and do that kind of thing, I mean, that's it. That's gold. I think that's why it's probably my favorite superhero film because that is a superhero to me. And it happens, you know, Iron Man did a very similar thing mm-hmm. um, where he sacrificed his life for saving literally the universe pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, but to Logan, his universe was those kids right there. That's all he had left was helping those kids across the border and getting to safety. Mm. He gave he gave all he had to all he had. Hmm. So I think that is that's the ultimate sacrifice, and yeah, that's what makes it the best one for me. All right, y'all, y'all ready to score this sucker? Yes, sir. So who wants to go first? I do. I do. I do. Me, 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 me. All right. Um, I will give this movie an. 80 on the dot because i think it's good i just think looking back i think it suffers from retrospect um Mm -hmm. because i think it was a lot better when it first came out than it is now um mainly because i think we just have a lot more like readily available r-rated superhero content Mm -hmm at our fingertips, namely Invincible and uh, The Boys. Um, but I think Hugh still gives a good performance. Patrick still gives a good performance. I will never not love Daphne Keene's performance. Um, yeah, 80. All right, Justin. I am going to give this movie a 91. Wow. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed this one. Um, I mean... You heard my my speech at the end, didn't you? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, it's just uh, 
for all the reasons I said, I, I think this is one of the best examples in my opinion, you know, of, of a superhero film in my own definition of what that means. Um, and, and that you've got a character superpowers could, could do whatever he wants, you know, and he has a huge arc of, of going from being this like loner, badass kind of character going down to the depths of his own mind, hating himself, and then using his last ounce of strength to do something good and make things right. I, it just, to me, doesn't get much better than that. All right. Uh, well, to round things out, uh, I'm going to give this an 83. Um, I think this movie is good. Um, I don't know that I would say that it's great. Um, I think there's some really good things about it. Um, I think there's also a lot of forgettable things about this movie. Um, for instance, the family with the horses that uh, takes them in. I've seen this movie and I completely forgot that that happened. Um, it also kind of drags a lot. Um, and there are parts that it just feels like a completely different film. Um, but overall, I think this is a really good movie um, and definitely well worth seeing. Uh, after plugging that into our patented scoreometer, uh, we get a final score of an 84.67. So that's a pretty good movie. You know what's not yeah. a pretty good yeah, movie? Yeah, it's solid. You know what's not a pretty good movie? The movie we're watching next week. That is right, Doug. And what are we watching next week? We are watching the abomination known as Percy Jackson and the Olympians, the lightning thief. I can tell by the tone of your voice that you hold a lot of disdain for this Deep film. content for this movie. You mean contempt? You cut out, but I'm going to assume that's what you meant. Because uh, it sounded like you said deep Deep contempt. contempt. Okay, gotcha. Cool. Well, uh, that should be a good time. Um, um, be sure to join us for that next week. I hope you all enjoyed this episode. Uh, also, be sure to keep up with us on social media uh, at Viter Media and keep up with all the cool stuff that we're doing. I uh, got new episodes of Setting the Skeen every Wednesday and maybe new episodes of D with Doug G every Monday night. Uh, follow us on social media. We're working on it. We are uh, working on it, folks. Yeah. One day. Uh, so hopefully that'll be getting started back up soon um, but definitely follow us on social media to, uh, to keep up with all that yes until next week i'm ben i'm doug i'm tristan and this has been setting the scheme you guys have a great week